Hi, I'm John Morgo, one of the last three guys to a podcast. We've switched our platform to Anchor. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. It's free. They'll help you produce and record your podcast. They'll also help distribute it, get you on Spotify, iTunes, and all the rest. And you can make money from it, even without any listeners. It really is a great deal. So join us. Download the software at anchor.fm and click to get started. And and be with us, the last three guys do a podcast on Anchor. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are speaking to us and is listening to us. It's a great world from the internet. We are the last three guys do a podcast. I'm John Morgan with uh, Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown here from our normal uh, abode, Leon's Kitchen, which is our normal um, normal taping place. I'm back from Las Vegas. Had a great time with my family. My dad, his uh, 90th birthday is coming up. It's this Saturday. We had the party a little early. Um, so that was good. Came in last night. Um, I, Our guest today, we have a special in-studio guest. His name is Hakeem Amani Sadiq, and he is the new author of this book, Kobe Bryant, The Makings of a Basketball Genius. We're going to be speaking with him live exclusively here on The Last Three Guys Do a Podcast. I'm going to let Leon and Daniel kind of take over this interview simply because, well, I was at Corky Kell yesterday, which is the normal starting jumping off point for high school football in the Atlanta area. If you don't know what it is, it is a tur- it is a 11 games across four sites across four days, culminating in a five-game football extravaganza on Saturday. Now, I was in the stats stats room, uh, which was in the main booth. I worked, so I was over Wednesday night in uh, West Forsyth for their doubleheader. Started with Mays and Cherokee, followed off by Carver of Atlanta against West Forsyth. Then Thursday, uh, Thursday night, I was over in Decula for for a pair of games there as well. Um, and Friday night, I was in North Cobb for the North Cobb-Buford game, which was a very, very good game. North Cobb and Buford. North Cobb went off to an early lead, but the Buford Wolves, two times 6A champions. This is a team that can come back from just about anything. They roared back and defeated Buford. Um, and then yesterday, it was a five-game football palooza, a quintuple header down at Mercedes-Benz. I was in the stat room for all five games. I got to Mercedes-Benz at 7.30 in the morning. I didn't leave until after 1 in the morning, the following morning. So I am a little bit tired right now. It's going to be a wonder if I can uh, get through this without falling asleep right here. So what we're going to do right now is uh, I want to talk a little bit about Corky Kell. And then, because again, it really is the kickoff of football here in the state of Georgia. And high school football kicks off with this, then you got college, and you got the pro. So really, Wednesday night, football started here in Georgia. And that is a time for, again, celebration. It's not perfect. We are having the COVID Delta variant did cancel five games over the weekend. The big one was the one between Clark Central and Cedar Shoals, the two public schools in in Athens, the Classic City matchup. That got pushed back. So it's kind of wobbly just a bit, but we're but we are going to plow through this. Uh, one of the best games I saw yesterday, it was there were a lot of blowouts. Uh, Mays and Cherokee, that was a blowout. Uh, even West Forsyth, their matchup against Carver, they, they took it to them. And even on Thursday, what, what, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, West, Westlake and Archer, Westlake did very well in that game. And also Decula and Tucker. Decula, 
I don't know what you want about. I, what you, whatever you want to say about the Tucker Tigers, they are a very good team in 6A, but the Kula just out overmatched them. The Falcons are going to be one of the top teams in their region. And, then of course, on Wednesday and on Saturday, I didn't see Gainesville and Johns Creek. That was up in Gainesville. And really the first game on Saturday was, I thought, one of the better ones, McEachern and Kell. Sure, McEachern, very historic program. Franklin Stevens takes them over. They had a lost to 500 record last year, and that really doesn't sit well with their head coach, Franklin Stevens, who was at Lamar County. He was at, Bu uh, he was at Tucker for a long time. Really a good player on on McEachern, one who got our player of the game. He was number, number one, Caleb Webb. Three touchdown passes and a punt return for a touchdown. The Abe Lincoln, as I call it, you know, four scores. He seemed to excel. And also we had a game, Hoover, Alabama, against North Gwinnett. Hoover came in, dominated the Bulldogs. Hoover is going to be a very strong team as well. Uh, we had Mill Creek and Parkview. Mill Creek, easy victory for the Hawks. Walton against Lowndes. This was a great game. Lowndes was down by two scores with about a minute left, came back and tied. And, of course, once you get into overtime, the new rules come into effect. Walton st stones Lowndes on the first drive inside the 15. That's where they start off. Start of the 15, you got to get in or get a field goal. If you don't, then the other team and then the other team takes over. And what happens is Lowndes did not score. Walton gets the score. They get the victory. And, of course, we wrapped it all up with Collins Hill and Brookwood. Collins Hill, they just have so much talent. Travis Hunter, he's going to Missouri, he's going to Florida State. Daniel's very happy with him. We'll get his take on it in a little bit. And Sam Horn, quarterback, going to Missouri. Those two connected early and often. First play of the game for Collins Hill was a halfback pass where Travis Hunter connected to the end zone. So Travis Hunter, one of the best athletes in the state of Georgia, they've got something really special going on in Collins Hill. It's really going to be difficult to determine which of these teams we will see at Center Park Stadium in December for the championships. But a lot of those squads, a lot a lot of squads are going to be in the mix, especially in 7A. And I would I would bet the farm that one of those teams in Corky Kell will be one of those two teams we see at Center Park on 7A. Now, this weekend, we got the Great American Bash going down, going down at Midtown High. Used to be Grady High. Now it's Midtown. A couple of Metro Atlanta games. We're going to see Mays again. We're going to see Lovejoy. Some good games. Those will be televised on Peachtree TV. I will be in the booth. You will not see me. You will not hear me. I'll be doing st statistics for Matt Stewart and Rusty Manziel. Uh, side note, during the game against North Cobb on Friday night over in North Cobb in Ackworth, Rusty Manziel threw a cicada at me. Uh, he didn't mean to, but the wind he was trying to throw it out the window and missed. Uh, so, and I also almost got into a shoving match with a North Cobb assistant coach who wanted to cut across our booth to get into his booth, but we were on the air with our halftime analysis, and we really didn't want someone opening the door, walking behind Rusty and Matt Stewart, and going in. So he wasn't happy, but he walked. But he walked around. Um, okay, so that's where we are right now. I want to get. Uh, uh, Daniel, you were the one who watched a little bit of Corky Kell over over the over the weekend. Uh, I just wanted—I mean, you didn't. Want, of course, you did. No, no, no. You you did. I want to ask you, Daniel, uh, of what you thought because you didn't watch nearly as much as I did. But I'm sure you had some impressions of it, and I just want to get those from you before we move on to Kareem Aman, Akeem Amani Sadiq. Yeah, I, I saw a little bit of the uh, the last game. The yeah, Collins Hill. Brookwood, and I didn't realize how good Collins Hill was 
Travis Hunter. <laughs> and that's why I had to turn it on to see Hunter. Yeah, you had to see Hunter. I had to see Hunter because this guy's coming. He's coming to uh, Florida, State. Florida State. He's one of the top recruits in the 2020. Yeah, he's ranked number one. Yeah, he is. And, and like maybe number 10 in the whole country. So this guy is good. <laughs> really good. So I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed by what I saw from him. Um, hopefully we, we hopefully he can be a, a, a tremendous standout at Florida State. I think there I th- knows we need it. <laughs> I, and I think Florida State might be looking at him to revive the program to really be that that impetus to get where Florida State feels they should be. Do you think that's a lot of pressure to put on the kid? It is. <laughs> I mean, look at uh, and look at what just happened. You know, with the passing of Bobby Bowden, of course. Yes. And then when you look at the echelon of talent that has came by Florida State, prime time. Come on, McKean. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter Warwick. Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward, for me, still the greatest quarterback to ever play at Florida State. Mr. Crableg himself, Jameis Winston. <laughs> I mean, like, those guys were the pinnacle of it. And I, I can go, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And Travis Hunter could possibly be that name. I'm sure when you saw him throw that halfback pass, you were like, that, that kind of, did that blow your mind? Can't wait to see him. Yeah, I'm sure you can't uh, wait to see him uh, in Garnet and Gold. It should be fun. Can't wait to see him. Okay, all right. So that's going to do it for our high school um, for our high school reporting. So we're going to go back to Leon and Daniel. They're going to be talking with author Hakeem Amani Sadiq. He's got a brand new book, Kobe Bryant: The Makings of a Basketball Genius. He is here in studio with us, and I'm just going to switch this around to get him in the shot. I uh, just if I can get some enough slack here to get this thing turned. Oh, that's not what I wanted to see. There we go. Yeah, it went. It, the screen went to black for just a moment, so I think I let me get over here and let me get over here. There we go. So we got a viewer already. Congrats. Thank, thanks for that. There's some, there's Hakeem Amani Sadiq. I'm going to pass the headset over to him. You, you're going to take it? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to pass the headset over to Daniel. And uh, he will take it over, and I might have some comments for you a little bit uh, during the show. So if that's the case, you know, that's what we're going to do. And I also have to update my Twitter feed, so I'm going to be spinning around anyway. All right, so here's Daniel. All right, John, go ahead take your nap. <laughs> You're going to need it, all right? I came, man, first off, man, thank you so much for coming to, to the last three guys to do a podcast, man. Uh, you and I, we've known each other for a year now. And just to set it up for everybody, uh, Hakeem and I were co-workers at Amazon together. And how did we stumble across this wonderful book here uh, entitled Kobe Bryant, The Makings of a Basketball Genius? He actually, he came up to me and he said, hey, man, this is what I'm doing now, man. <laughs> I'm writing a book now. And so I guess my first question that came to you is what was the inspiration behind it? Like what was the inspiration uh, behind writing this book? First of all, just thank you all for letting me on your show. I yeah, appreciate sure. You and everything. So, thank you very much. Um, the inspiration, actually, um, to be honest, it was more about Lamar Jackson. I was intending to write about Lamar Jackson, his MVP season that year. Right. When they lost the first week of the playoffs, mm-hmm. that kind of shut everything down. Gotcha. About three weeks later, Kobe dies in the, in the helicopter crash. Sure. So then my inspiration kicked back in. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't so much about a fan of Kobe per se, even though I'm a Laker fan. Right. But it was more the outpouring of, outpouring of love for him. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, the, I saw Doc Rivers and his 
LeBron, everyone crying, and that just kind of got me motivated. I, I write through inspiration, so so that's what made me write about Kobe. And then it just turned into a tribute, basically, like a tribute book. So yeah. Let me set up this next question for you. I remember that day the three of us actually were shooting mm. that day, and what happened was uh, what we used to do before the COVID situation hit. We had a particular format that we had, and what happened was Leon was doing his shot. So we would do like the last three minutes where all three of us would sound off on like uh, something that we probably didn't even mention in sports, right? So Leon had sounded off on congratulating Kobe, Kobe by, uh, I'm sorry, uh, LeBron on passing Kobe. Yeah. On being the all-time leading scorer. Mm -hmm. So we did that. And then John said, uh, uh, wait, Leon, uh, just heard some bad news. Yeah. And he said that Kobe had done Paris in a helicopter crash. And I said, hold it. Wait a minute. We don't know yet. <laughs> Let's not make. Because TMZ was the first to report it. Mm. That's where we were when we heard the news. Like, where were you when you heard the news? Like, what were you doing? And, <clears throat> like, how did you feel when you first heard that news? I got in my car. I worked at, M I mean, at a um, public grocery store at the time. Mm -hmm. I always click on the radio. Mm -hmm. I turn on the radio, and I kind of caught the middle of the, in the commercial on 92.9 on radio station. Mm -hmm. And so um, they were talking about something about Kobe, and I'm trying to make out what they were saying. Towards the end of it, they say, and once again, Kobe Bryant is just died at 41 in a helicopter crash. I said, whoa. Right. So I'm at a red light, and I, I, I pull out my um, cell phone, hit ESPN.com, and mm -hmm. sure enough, breaking news, Kobe just died. So, wow. So it just kind of just blew my mind. Like you said, I wanted to make sure in my, in my reader, am I hearing what I'm hearing? And mm -hmm. so, but yeah, it was confirmed by ESPN.com. Uh, Were you Kobe. emotional, like when you heard that? Um, somewhat emotional. Um, uh, been a Laker fan. I, I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan to be honest. I'm more Magic Johnson. That's a, I'm gotcha. a different generation. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I love anybody. If you a Laker fan, I mean, if you a Laker uh, player and you on my team, you helping me win. You okay with me? So, I was cool with Kobe. Um, emotional somewhat, but I didn't like cry. But it was a definitely a tragedy for sure. You know, I didn't have any tears, but it was definitely you know heartwarming. Gotcha. Leon? Well, one thing I noticed in reference to, besides your name, is Sadiq. And you're from Oakland. So you know next time I ask you, right? Exactly. Are you guys. That's funny. As a matter of fact, somebody asked me that the other day. Are you um, related to Rafael Sadiq? I said, nah, but we're both from Oakland. So, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not related to him. <laughs> no but I am a fan of Tony Tony Tony. Yeah, that's right. I'm a big that's fan. That's right. Well, and being from Oakland, you know, I'm from San Diego myself. And off reading the book, I kind of realized that Kobe actually, you know, based on the information you brought in the book, he actually learned how to play basketball while living in San Diego, which is interesting. Um, you're from Oakland. Born and raised. I know you're a Raider fan off the dribble. And 49. And 49er fan. I, I, I could go for that. Um, how'd you become a, a Laker fan? Because, you know, you know the, the whole Southern California, Northern California dynamic is there. To be honest, I'm more of a football person. 
But I went over to someone's house one day and, and watched this, this team called the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics. And I don't know anything about either one, to be honest. But when I saw that number 32 guy behind the back and no look and all that, I was like, who was that? They said Magic Johnson. And so I think I was about 13 at the time, 12, 13. I've been hooked into the Lakers ever since. So I didn't know anything about Magic Johnson. But since then, he gave me, he made me get locked into the Lakers. So I've been Lakers ever since. So, yeah. I, I want to get into the book for the sec- for a second, King, because the, the, more, the unique thing about this book is that you emphasized a lot of faith. Uh, there were a lot of biblical quotes and scriptures that you implemented that actually kind of went into like Kobe's life and about life itself, really. Uh, explain like how you were able to do that. Well, my first thing is, as far as a book author, I consider myself a Christian book author. So That's correct. So I always do um, whatever I'm writing. I always have scriptures in there. So not so much as a beating you down more but just a teaching thing you know just principles about life what to mm. do what not to do type thing so so my books are based on ministry a lot of you know ministry so i'm, I'm not a pastor of a church not trying to be nothing like that i'm not an evangelist but but i also i, I want to share the word of god as much as i can and whatever my subject matter is so i have books on dealing with gang bang and i got that with me and it's different things like that so but yeah i always put scriptures in all my my writings in uh, um in the book i know there, there were a couple of things that you discussed, right? Um, the fourth and fifth chapter, to me, were actually very good chapters. Uh, chapter four is who's in your life and why, which I think is very important. And then in chapter five, you actually emphasized on five reasons why athletes go broke, which I thought was interesting. Uh, let's touch on chapter four first, who's in your life and why. How, why was that so important to Kobe Bryant to have – uh, a certain team in this time. And why is that so important for athletes like LeBron James, who we see, you know, with Maverick Carter and Rich Paul and those guys, those guys have been in his life for years and those were the guys he trusted. Why is that so important to athletes? And why was that why why did that make Kobe Bryant such a successful guy off the court? Well whenever you have a, a career that he had or any athlete or a celebrity or whatever you want to have the right crew around you, the right personnel around you, the right girlfriend, wife, and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. your friends. You don't want just hangers on. You want people who are lifting you up, not bringing you down. So right. you want to be able to se- separate yourself from certain people who are not right for you and then bring people in who are right for you. So you just want to be very careful. So I think Kobe did a good job for the most part. We don't know his whole background, his crew, his family, whatever, and friends, but it seems that he had good mentors in his life, and it's good to have mentors, the Magic Johnsons and the Michael Jordans and uh his wife was uh, that was a stable support for him. Um, I'm not sure about the family thing. I think he had problems with his maybe mom and dad a little bit, but but through all that, he had you no know, Jerry West was in his life, and so he had good friends and good camaraderie with different players that can help him out, and uh, and they were very important in his life because he had a stressful job sometimes. You know, you have your up and down, sure. your peaks and valleys. So yeah, yeah. And it, and even going into the fifth chapter because it kind of like goes into. Uh, what chapter four was saying I was just talking about the five reasons why mm-hmm. Athletes go broke This was uh, uh, an analysis that you had Put in your book according to Mint.com um, The five reasons why athletes go broke One overspending Two career duration Three lack of financial knowledge Four poor investment decisions And five hanging with a bad crowd mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. Almost kind of like uh, You ever seen that 30 for 30 called broke 
yeah, we talk about it all the time. On, on, we talk about it all the time, man. I, yeah, kind of yeah, it is, and it's it's so important that I think that athletes this should be the first class they go to <laughs> uh, finance and administration or something like that. That's the first class I think that they should go through because this doesn't last long. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As you can see, Kobe passed at 41. Yeah, you know, and even if you still got to have something at the end of that, mm-hmm. right? Was that what your inspiration was as far as uh, Chapter Five was going? Because Chapter Five is actually called uh, "Don't Get It Twisted." Kobe secured the bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have athlete. Let's say Antoine Walker, for example. Mm-hmm. I think he blew through it like a hundred and thirty million or something like that, and then at the end of the rainbow. How do you do that? I mean, so you got the wrong. Um, you know, your friends and the wrong family pulling on you and the wrong agents. You have the wrong this, that, and the other. So you want to be careful up front to have the right people in your financial corner. And I think Correct. Kobe did a pretty good job of that. And he was smart also. Um, investments and, you know, not you're going to have a splurge and you have your car and your mansion and all that. But still, you want to take care of your business at the end of the day because, like you said, your career doesn't last that long. So when you're right. 35, 40, 50, you look around and where's all my money? So... And I believe, like you said, I believe that some of the NBA uh, and NFL, I think they do have new players, you know, to learn about, you know, uh, seminars, learn about how to take care of your money. Some of them do. I, I think they have, you know, different courses, different classes or whatever. So they help guide the young athletes along. Now, it's up to you to want to, you know, be on top of your game as far as financial. You got the basketball court game, you got the football, but what about your financial, financial game? So I think some of them do have uh, – Seminars and that sort of thing, classes to help you with your money. What What do you think his uh, the influence of his father was? Because uh, his father, Jelly Bean, I mean, mm-hmm. NBA NBA player, knew the league pretty well. Do you think uh, he get, he was he provided as much of an influence, telling him how he should save his money, how to look at the long term, how to prepare yourself for life after basketball? I don't know about after basketball, but I know going into it because his father was an NBA player with Julius Dr. J. Julius Irvin. So I'm quite sure he learned a lot of the um, important aspects of the basketball part, even business, you know, in the early stages of his game, you know. So he was very critical with that. And Kobe, do this, um, maybe go this path, leave this situation alone, and that sort of thing. So his father was very instrumental, not only as a player, but also business-wise, too. Yeah. <clears throat> I have a bit of a pain on the reason why athletes go broke. At the <laughs> end of the day, we can have financial knowledge and all that, but age – yeah, I think giving tens of millions of dollars to a person who's forty-one versus twenty-one or eighteen or eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I think you could be Doogie Howser, MD. <laughs> I ain't heard that name in so long. Yeah, but right. But at the end of the day, if you are eighteen years old. And someone gives you four point five million, um, you're going to have a baby mama or two within like the next three years. <laughs> it, 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 it just is what it is, you know. Um, you know, cause if, if if we look at you know, um, I, I think that's one of the you know main reasons why you know a lot of you know your not just the NBA players but your athletes. Period. You know, a lot of sure. them have financial troubles when the money is not around anymore, when it's not in abundance, because. 
It's just your age. You know, these guys, by turning like 41, they've been retired for about three years, three or four or five years. Some yeah. Ten. So you could so you could easily make an argument saying that age could be another factor, too. Man, I think right. That, yeah, I think that's it's nothing wrong. <clears throat> I think, you know, I think to myself, you know, I'm in being 39 years old now. Um, I think one of the best things you could be when you're younger is broke. You, you don't really have – I mean, I'm just saying when you're – I mean, it's never good to be – when you're in college, I mean, what do you have? You got you some financial aid, a little part-time job, and a whole lot of homework. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, when you're, when you're young, you don't really – what you need a lot of money for? Yeah. You know, when you get about 30, in your 30s or whatnot, that's when, you know, that's when the, the wisdom kicks in. You start, kicks in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you, you, you've done a lot already. But – you know, and, and when you're young, you're going to have the wrong friends around you at times. You know, these these guys, you know, they, you know, you look at, um, I think in, in your chapter, in chapter four, um, you went to the book of Proverbs. And which I was kind of, that's kind of interesting because I know with, with a name like um, Hakeem, my mind said, that, like, okay, the brother must be a Sunni or a Shia Muslim or something like that, you know? <laughs> the brother was a, was, I'm talking about, you were surgical with the Bible. He did. I mean, yeah, you. <laughs> it was like surgery. It was like surgery with your eyes closed when you did that. <laughs> yes, sir. That's what impressed me the most about this book, man. The way that you hit on the Bible, mm-hmm. and and the book. way that you you coped everyday life with it, like, dude, that that was that was great. That was wonderful. Yes, that was wonderful. But you went off and you, you, you had a great part in reference to friends. <clears throat> this is in chapter four. And you were discussing how when a man has a lot of friends, he is swift. I'm a pair. I'm a, I'm a paraphrase. But when a man has a lot of friends, he is swift to ruin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that happens often to young men. Oh, yes, sir. Young. Is, what, what page was it? Thirty six. Let me, let me let me get the the, the, the direct quote. Yeah, actual time. quote. That's a good thing, but where, where are we at? Where's that? Bad company ruins. Yes. Bad company ruins good morals, but it was a part that says um you said a lot of friends. Right. It says specifically a man of too many friends comes to ruin. So be careful whom you hang around. Be careful with the people you consider to be real friends. I mean, that right there. Now, a person who is older understands that. You know, we've we seen, there, there, was, there, was, um, there was an Atlanta, there was a very popular Atlanta rapper who passed away back in 2015 named Bankroll Fresh. Yeah. And um, yeah. one of the criticisms that Young Jeezy had of Bankroll Fresh was that he wasn't moving right because he had too many friends around him when he was actually on the ascension in his career. And one of those friends actually killed him. Um, forgot his name. I'm not going to mention the guy. But, you know, when, when, when we're younger, you know, we, we, we kind of have the entourage. You know, they say Sugar Ray Robinson was the first boxer to have an entourage. A lot of people around him. Um, a, a, a very popular man from your area, MC Hammer, yeah. <clears throat> fell victim to entourage. They called the MC Hammering, where he was trying to do everything for everybody. It's not necessary. And I think you know, within you know, in, in my in my 39 years, I think I only have about five real friends. Six right here. That I even I can count the amount of people I've, I can I let in my house. That's a lesson, that's a 
You know, and of course, yes. When we're younger, you know, our houses are the, are, are are the spot, are the hangout spot. But as we get older, you start to lessen your circle. So you know, a lot of a lot of good parts. You know, and when you, I, I didn't actually know that LeBron James's inner circle, the LP, well, the LRMR. Right, he has the four. His 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 yeah, his inner circle is patterned upon the four elements. The Fantastic Four, the, the Four Horsemen. <laughs> that is it. And they all doing good. Absolutely. And they, and they own. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, and, and I mean, it's, it's so many parts that we could go into this book. You know, the the, the magic, the Magic Johnson quote, where he paid his family to stay away. Yeah, is 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 the. Oh only. yeah, that that was interesting. That was absolutely. something else. Absolutely. Um. Look. Did you want him to elaborate on that yeah, a little yeah, bit? Or? If you, if you elaborate on that. Well, yeah, like it's, it's good to have friends. Uh, it's a lonely world without friends. But you don't just want anybody to be your friend. Any, you know, just, you're trying to accomplish a goal. You're trying to write your book. You're trying to have your podcast. You're trying to do your business. You don't want anyone just hanging around, just doing nothing, slowing you down, holding you down. So it's good to have friends, but you still need to be, be careful. Weed certain people out and pull certain people in who are beneficial to you. So Le- let's say LeBron case, he has Maverick Carter, a businessman. He has Rich Paul. They're all from the Cleveland area. Each of them are millionaires in their own right, doing good. They're doing positive. So they're blessing his life. They're enhancing his life. So it's good to have friends, but just be careful. You know. When you talk about Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. main thing we talk about is the Mamba mentality. Ooh. You know? And I think at some part of life, we didn't realize it until then, but everybody at some point in time in life, we all had to 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 just get up and just give it to the world. You know, Kobe did that in basketball. Mm-hmm. There was only three players I knew of that would just come out there every single night and say, I'm going to look you in your eye and I'm going to give it to you. Michael, yeah. Kobe mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook. Those okay. are the only okay. three guys yeah. I know that they they coming with it. All if they could play all eighty two games a year, yeah. they would do it. They would do it. Uh, describe that. Describe you know what that meant to you. What Kobe's Mamba mentality meant to you, like in a, on a personal standpoint. Well, he just had that assassin mentality. He said, "I'm I'm going for your throat. I'm mm-hmm. going for the juggling. I'm trying to kill you, or it's either me or you." Right. So I'm going after you, and I'm trying to destroy you. I'm not going to be your friend on the court. Now, once we get out the court, we can shake hands and go to the movies. But on the court, you belong to me, and yeah. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to bring it to, it to you. you. <laughs> I'm trying to score 40 points, and I want you to score just 10 points. Yeah. But I'm going for you. So, and then his his idol Jordan was the same way, similar to that, like you said. So, mm-hmm. but for me personally, I'm just hey, you going for the kill. So hey, do you, we can be friends afterward. I respect you as a player, mm-hmm. but right now it's personal. It's personal. Yeah. I, got <laughs> I got things to I do. Got, I want to score. I want to get the highlight. I got, yeah. So, yeah. So. Uh, there was something that you told me uh, that I didn't know about in your personal story. If you don't mind oh, yeah, yeah, sharing yeah. that story. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was kind of a, it shocked me, but then it made me look at you like, yo, this is, <laughs> nobody should ever complain ab- about what you went through. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Explain with me and you. Me and you had a conversation. We was walking to the car, mm-hmm. and we was leaving our shift, and we had a conversation. It was deep conversation. And I, I'm 
I'm gonna tell you this mm-hmm. right now on air, and mm-hmm. I'm being serious. It uh, it nearly brought a tear to my eye when you when you told me that mm-hmm. story. So, tell the story that you told me about when you first started working at Amazon. Mm-hmm. Where what where were you at in the part of your life? When we started Amazon, I was supposed to have an apartment, but the apartment said, "Well, you make too much money. You're gonna have two jobs." And I hadn't, I barely Amazon really hadn't kicked in just yet. But they said, well, based on our projections, you're going to make too much money. So um, come back and get your $300 deposit, and you can't stay here. <laughs> so Amazon is like August 24th or whatever day we started. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to move in like August 21st, mm-hmm. but then I didn't have no place to stay. So, um, yeah, I was um, homeless until this year, January 30th this year. So the whole time from Amazon, I would go to Amazon 8 to 12 and then sleep in the car. And, uh, you know, so this, that, that's, that's how it is. So I... Um, I didn't complain. I just I didn't tell too many people. I mean, you know, a few people knew, but I kept my head held high and just uh, stayed positive. I'm working two jobs, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat out the trash can and all that. Just you know, just didn't have a physical address. So correct. So it was tough um, emotionally, but when I'm at work, I'm the same person that you met. Hey, what's up? We laugh, joke, and just like yeah. just regular. What's just up? How you doing? Regular. What's up? How you, you doing? Know. Now, of course, it affected me emotionally or mentally and everything. You know, the right get off work. Go sleep in the parking lot at Walmart or wherever or wherever. Sure. I mean, you asked me whether I take whether I'm bathed. I would go to mm-hmm. um, a laundromat up in Lilburn, Georgia, and um, get there at six in the morning, wash up real good, stand butt naked in the um, in the mirror, and just you know just fully naked and just wash up soap and water, get clean. Wow. Wash my clothes, and so I was always barber shop, get my hair cut. So I kept myself clean looking. I was never you know, but yeah, but right. this physical address, yeah, I just until January 30, 2021. So now I'm in Lithonia, Georgia. So, but yeah, so it was a uh, tough, but God is good and no All complaint. The time, man. So, you know. All the time, Leon. Well, <clears throat> I wanted to, I wanted to touch on. Um, I could see, you know, in reading the book, you know, when he was just because you know, in, in the book you were going through his many different mentors, went through through the Magic Johnson. The Michael uh, spent a lot of time on the Michael Jackson. Um, matter of fact, there's a book that you reference in the book by Napoleon Hill that I'm actually going to buy. I, um, something um, I forgot the beginning part, but it's through positive affirmation, the manifesting through positive affirmation, or um, it's one of those books. It's a real good book by Napoleon. Real, real good by Napoleon Hill. Um, I'm a real big Napoleon Hill fan, but. In reference to the Mamba mentality and where he got that from Michael Jordan, when he said that you have to be a bleep to certain teammates, and he started naming it Jeff Bushler, Steve Kerr, and you know there was actually a rumor that Michael Jordan actually even physically assaulted Steve Kerr at one, at one point in their careers. And then in reading the relationship between um, Kobe and Shaquille O'Neal, how it's been alleged that Shaquille O'Neal physically assaulted Kobe oh yeah okay uh, it's called success through a positive mental attitude if anybody listen to that to those people in the future um, success through a positive mental attitude by Napoleon Hill who's also the author of Think and Grow Rich if I'm not mistaken or yes, is he that is. Or, or, I think or he is or is that Robert Kiyosaki no I thought that was Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill I think it is it might be okay because Napoleon Hill great 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 book um Great, great author, great author. I've read a couple books of his. Um, but in reference to like Kobe's attitude and how he approached, I, I didn't know any of this. I'm like, I wish I'd applied some of this when I was in high school. 
<laughs> as far as his, his weightlifting routine, how he was doing two a days, you know, how him taking the failure of his rookie season. Actually, I remember those games, airballing those, those shots against Utah Jazz in 1997, how that would have killed a young man's ego. But he let that yeah. fall right off of him. He did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for him, I mean, some people, you know, you, you look at someone like Kobe Bryant, right? Him airballing those shots. 18 years old. Consecutive airballs. Biggest stage of your life. Yeah. Especially as successful as he was in high school. And you look at someone like Ben Simmons, who's actually older than Kobe was at the time. And the psychological trauma that he looks at, I know they got him a psychologist during the offseason. Not only that, they were trying to get rid of him. Nobody, nobody was taking him. Untra- he, had, he had no takers. Yeah. Untradable. Right. They're stuck with it. So he's like, so like I said, he's got to develop that mentality where you know you put it behind you, you put it behind you. That's what you have to do. It's like being a corner. I was similar situation happened to me on Thursday. Um, on Thursday night over at, over at Corky Kelly, as I said, I was doing stats. Well, I was messing up. Um, I wasn't on the same page with what the per, with what the Chiron person wanted. He wanted one thing. I was giving him something else. I was trying to calculate, doing uh, calculating some numbers, and while I was doing that, I missed some plays. And there was a drive that was twenty one. I thought was twenty one plays. It was really sixteen. I tried to ch- have it changed, but they were already going for it. And the producer said to me on the headset, "Look, you got to be a quarterback, a cornerback. It's another game. Forget about it. Put it behind you." Go to the next one. And that's what I did for Friday and Saturday. Did a pretty good job with that. Also, I developed some other uh, techniques, and I was able to you know, uh, work, get some systems going where I was able to give them, give them what they wanted, give the talent what they wanted. You know, so, so it works. So it's, it's, it really is the same thing no matter what you have to do. You make a mistake. Don't dwell on it. Don't obsess over it. Put it behind you and go forward. Kobe did that. Excellently, I mean, like, his, uh, what was his? What was uh, uh, Hakeem? What was uh, Kobe's career field goal percentage? Don't give me that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, even if you're a fifty percent shooter, that's you're gonna take two shots. You're gonna miss one. Do you let? And then do you let that get in your head? Right. And Ben Ben Simmons, it's in his head. It's living there. It just it it just got rent controlled. Um, he just paid. It just paid the homeowner dues. Uh, satellite dish has just arrived. The, the hookup's there. You know, it, it's there. It's living there. It ain't going away, at least for a long, for a while. So that's. But Kobe was able to forget about it. Go to the next one, because the will to win, though not only to win, but to but to crush your opposition, to make them regret even getting on the same court as you. That's what matters. And it's if and if your teammate. And if your teammates not getting along, again, you have there are different techniques you use to get them to go with you. Michael Jordan uh, used the hard sell. I don't think Kobe used the hard sell. I think if anything, he used the kind of soft sell. He kind of took another. He kind of took a different, a different. Uh, he took a different tack than I thought Michael Jordan did. It got the same results, but I don't think Kobe was as in your face as MJ was. Or maybe maybe I'm wrong. A couple of incidents like yeah, that. but not but but they weren't as prevalent. Uh, at least we don't know too much about it. Right, right. 
Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. And like, and, and but a lot. I mean, we talk about the influence of his father, the influence of his family. Ultimately, that that's that kind of dedication that comes down to you, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you got to train. You got to train yourself to do that. Right. You said this is my job, so I'm a professional basketball player. Mm-hmm. You know, I can party a little bit, but I got to stick. You know, stick to my um. You know, my regiment of you know working hard. And, and when you're 18 and you get all this money, we were kind of taking, taking, we were talking about this a little earlier. It's almost like you're thinking to yourself, you are in a life-size video game. You know, where you, you just give yourself all these toys, you're leveling up. And that's not really true because, you, you know, we only have, you don't have a game over. You, you can't reset. You don't have unlimited lives. But you're giving, but you're kind of treating yourself like, like you're in a like you're in a real life video game, and but you got to focus on what got you there. Yeah, and that's and that's where Kobe did. He focused on what got him there. And another thing I want to ask you, mm-hmm. um, Kobe's dedication to his daughters, yeah. especially yeah. that, is something that really resonated because he was a man who was a as big of a proponent of the WNBA was, as, yeah, you will, as you will as you will see he i mean he went to he he, re, he, he was, was a regular at aces games um and sparks games so what where do you think that com- where do you think that comes from well i know that if, based on what i his, um what i read about him that he was very dedicated to his daughters um Gigi in particular, you know, she wanted to be, she wanted to go to the Yukon um, Huskies, and, yep. and, and and they had a scholarship all waiting uh, for. Yeah, they, it's the easiest. The, Gino Gino Oriema. Oriema. Yeah, yeah. It's so the they easiest decision yeah, Oriema yeah, ever yeah, had. So, yeah. So once he saw her talent, her hunger, her desire, he really honed in on that and said, "Okay, I'm going to help mold you and shape you into a, you know, a competitive that's, basketball player." Because that's kind of what happened. To, I mean, because that hunger, that desire, it really did get translated. Transcribe, mm-hmm. uh, pass down mm-hmm. like a gene mm-hmm. right, to right. Gigi. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And it's a shame that she perished uh, alongside him in that crash. I, I was very you. interested. I would have been, I was going to very see what she would have been able to accomplish had, had that not. Everybody kept saying, "You need a, um, a son." He said, "No, no, my daughter, she got this. She, you know, yeah, she, she yeah. Gonna, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. a girl dad or whatever you call it, but uh, my, yeah, she got dad. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, okay. Let's talk about your Lakers now. Okay, come on, come, come on with it. <laughs> Let's talk about your Lakers. Oh, our Lakers. <laughs> yeah, our, y'all Lakers. We always talk about talk Leon about his Lakers. I want to hear about you. Mm-hmm. I want you to give me a grade of the off-season transactions that the Lakers made. I want you to give me a letter grade for those and tell me how far you think the Lakers are going to go with this squad. It, Barton, and let's not count the injuries. Yeah, Let's just say, God forbid, injuries happen, mm-hmm. you know. And and we know it happens in the, in the season. But give me your take on it. Give me a letter grade and tell me how far they're going to go and why. At least a B. You know, I, mean, I don't. it's hard to say A because we got to see what the product looked like on the court. But at least a strong B, B plus. I'm, I'm, I'm good with everybody. Um, Westbrook would not have been my choice per se, but I'm good with him too. You know, um, Chris Paul was what I, who, that's who I was hoping they would get. And even maybe Lonzo Ball, maybe a re, you know, entrance because he doesn't need the ball. But um, yeah, I give him at least a B right now. I have Brooklyn coming out the East mm-hmm. versus the Lakers, and then Brooklyn winning everything right now. Now, once the Lakers jail together and they can really bring it all together, and, and depending on what they do with the personnel between now and the uh, the uh, trading deadline, mm-hmm. it can, I can say A, and then you know, so we'll we'll see. I, I feel good about them, but I'm gonna have to say B right now. 
if the Lakers win okay. a championship? Mm-hmm. Of course, this is the old question mm-hmm. that everybody asks, in your opinion. Because it's not a fair question to ask. Uh-oh, I think I know what you're about to Would this make, would this put LeBron over Michael, in your opinion? Would it put him, uh, in my <laughs> In my opinion, he's pretty much there now. I don't know about over the door, but I mean, I got him kind of like right there. I mean, one A and one B. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> you know, pretty much, uh, you know. They. All right, so let me tell you what <laughs> what Leon just did. He just put on the TV. He put on a music video. Um, who was it? Was it Brian McKnight that was in it? And that was Kobe. And Kobe Bryant was actually featured on this track. Was he one rapping on that. He one? was the one rapping I on he it. Yeah, one time, but I don't know yeah. if that was something. That was. Heck of a basketball player. Yeah, he was. Absolutely. That nobody, Absolutely. nobody didn't know that. A lot of people didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. with Kobe's rapping. Yeah, this is actually um, Kobe actually had an album that was set to come out. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I believe that. Um, I, I don't know if the NBA scrapped it, but. Or he may have had, you know, this man was very dedicated to his craft, so it probably took away from what he was doing on the basketball court. But, yeah, Kobe was, was a heck of a rapper. So I'm going to tell you, that actually. Um, you said you got a follow-up to what I just said? Or are you, are you talking about yeah, something? Yeah, I, I, no, well, not really a follow-up to your, to your statement about the best. You're saying he's 1A, 1B. I still, have him, there, I still have him at two. Okay, okay. That's I mean, fair. listen. When you look at Michael, six titles, mm, right. six appearances, right? Six and zero. Now a lot of people want to say, well, you know, he didn't he didn't win till about his seventh or eighth season. Mm-hmm. Well, Scotty and Phil didn't show up <laughs> till then. How about that, you yeah. know, when LeBron won his first title, of course his coach was Eric Spoelstra, but Eric Spoelstra wasn't nothing to sniff at. Right, right. He was, you know, yeah. Eric had been in the system. Mm-hmm. Learning, for, uh, and learning and, a, and doing uh, this and a, doing that. Um, had Pat Riley as a general. And he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh to help him l- along the way, especially Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade knew how to win. Oh, he already had a ring. He already had yeah, a yeah, ring, so. you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the the one thing, there's, there's always has to be something. Just like, for example, I can go to football. The best defensive player of all time to me is Lawrence Taylor. Okay, that, that's that, all right then. That's Behind him. Too. Behind him is Deion Sanders. Okay, so we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Like we are, we are <laughs> Behind him is Aaron Donald. Okay. Aaron I, Donald I to me. Aaron Donald. Yeah, Aaron Donald right now, playing for the Rams right now. But Deion and, and LT, <laughs> Deion, I know it's funny, right? It's looking at a young Kobe. Like, Deion and LT, though, one game separates them, in my opinion. And that one game was with Lawrence Taylor impacted the entire game with his shoulder coming out of his uh, coming out of place mm. it was a, a a sunday night game at new orleans a sunday night football game at new orleans and his shoulder's about to come out of place yet he wins the game mm. and not only that he gets a pick six okay, I, didn't, I didn't know that okay I didn't, I didn't. that's what separated me from saying lt right there by a few games with lebron for me it's a series that Dallas series, he didn't show up. Yeah, he didn't show up. Name a series you where Michael. He didn't. Or, or the, I mean, you did, was, he didn't. I mean, I, 
he didn't. And uh, and really, it wasn't it was it wasn't just him. I mean, I know they lost to Mary, but they lost to Dallas. I don't, I don't but remember who did what in the far. Yeah, LeBron the, and Wade. And I, yeah, I don't know. LeBron yeah. didn't have a great series in that one, but that was only because of the fact that those three guys they were superstars in their right mind, so they didn't know. They didn't know who was getting what. You understand? Oh, okay. Like, they, they didn't know who was going to be the guy. Right. Dwayne didn't know that LeBron was going to be the guy. For deferring. And yeah, that 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 for deferring. And, and it took for Dwayne Wade to say, hey, man, I'm the leader of the ship, but you're the best player. The ball goes in your hands right. in the final four minutes. Show them who you are. Show them that you can be the best in the world. And that's what the I've Nets are right had now. This. That's what the Nets are. What uh, Kyrie said, go ahead, James. You go yeah. down and out. And that's, where, and that's where Brooklyn is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Look, Kevin Durant's the best player on the floor. He's going to be the ble- best player on the floor, mm-hmm. right? But James Harden is going to be the facilitator. Right. And Kyrie's going to do Kyrie. Do He's going to do whatever yeah. Kyrie wants to do. He's going to go into space or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But when he comes back and he plays basketball, <laughs> he can put up 26, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not taking nothing away from LeBron, but if mm-hmm. I had to separate it. Even if LeBron, even with LeBron losing all those series, if he would have showed up in that series, I would have said, oh, okay. Yeah, 1A and 1B. That's fine. He didn't show up in that series. I got a question with both of y'all. Mm-hmm. You the GM of a, whatever team, said team, mm-hmm. LeBron or Kobe, who you got? You can only pick one. Whew. I mean, I'm oh, LeBron or Kobe. Who, oh, well, you know, I'm a, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna go back to your book, and um, I'm, once again, facts I didn't know was that Kobe's number eight was actually because of the combination of all the numbers that he wore growing up, up until that point where he got to the NBA, and you kind of left it open and left the door open. Um, far as how he came to the conclusion that he's going to grab number 24. I don't think I've ever seen anybody wear number 24 that I could think of. Uh-uh. I have my theory on that. There's some theories out there, but I, I left it out because I don't know, so I didn't want to. Yeah, it's yeah. a book, so you want to be. <laughs> you didn't want to do that. Yeah. It, it's doc, you know, right. books have to be fat based on facts. Or if you want to be more than one over Jordan. There I'm you go. Going for that, and I'm going to quote Kanye West on this one. Just how you did, Jay Z. I'm a businessman, not a business. I'm a businessman, not a businessman. Or I'm a yeah, not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Yes, I mean his brand. Yeah. But then Kobe's going for that. He's going for that Kobe number one over Jordan. And if you look at it, um, I personally think I'm a Kobe guy. That Kobe, his game surpassed Jordan's, and I think it's only right for that because he's actually a little younger than Jordan. So he took a lot of what Jordan. Brought and added more to it. For example, the study with Hakeem Olajuwon. As he got older, age 31, his, his, his leaving ability started to wane. So guess what? He had to learn how to play a little more beneath the basket. And from a fan's point of view, I seen no drop-off in his production. And that's because he added so much to his repertoire. Um, when you had explained how he had so many problems with his fingers, how he had to learn how to shoot off his, instead of using index finger, he had to learn to shoot off his middle finger. I could, as a, as a person who shoots myself, that could be difficult. I mean, that could be almost impossible. It can be. Man, and it, but it didn't take him that long to master it. And that, that, that he was that, a student of the game, man, a, a true student of the game. He said the show must go on. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And, and this happened in 2009 after Lakers won a championship handily. I'm talking about we handed 
Orlando, Orlando that L. That, yeah. We need it here. Take this L. I need you to hold that. And that was a gentleman sweep that year. <laughs> yes. Because everybody kind of overreacted when Orlando won game one. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, what? Orlando's going to wait a minute. No. Y'all sit back and watch what Kobe's going to do. <laughs> Y'all just sit back and watch. And one thing that Kobe did not have that Michael Jordan, I mean, did have that Michael Jordan did not have was a quality three-point shot. You know, Jordan was pretty much mid, he was more mid-range. If you look at the last shot they hit on um, on Brian Russell um, in 1997 NBA Finals was a mid-range. He's not much, he, he, he wasn't, Jordan wasn't going to be the one who's going to go in your face like Kevin Durant did Jordan, I mean, did um, LeBron. And hit a three in the face like that. Yeah, Kobe was a career thirty-three uh, percent three-point shooter. And John, to come back to your point, he was actually a career forty-four percent field goal percentage shooter. So for every four shots, he misses seven. He misses seven. Yeah, but there at you the go. same, and guess what? He also holds the record for most missed shots ever, and he surpassed another great John Havlicek, Hondo. Yeah. So that just goes to show. Yeah, absolutely, and that just goes to show that you cannot let. Like what we we were talk we were discussing this um about ten minutes ago, about how he missed those four air balls in his rookie season, how a, a failure at that at that point at that level can crush a man's ego, especially someone who's so young and fragile, and he took that and just okay it happened. What we always say on this show though, failure is our greatest teacher. That's it. That's it. Failure is our greatest teacher, man. It is. It is. Brett Favre was held the NFL record, has the NFL record, I believe, for most interceptions in a career. <laughs> By a long shot. By a long shot. <laughs> and we'll chuck that thing. Yeah, yeah. Jameis Winston two years ago is the walking 30, 30 for 30, like you say. <laughs> He's the walking 30 for 30. <clears throat> but he won the passing title that year. He threw for the most yards that year. So it, it's like it's a hand-in-hand -hand kind of situation. Absolutely. And as far as my number one player, you know, when I think of number one players, mm -hmm. I'm not running with Jordan. I'm not running with um, a guard. Mm. I'm not running with a guard. Kareem. I'm running with a Laker. Kareem. Yeah, I mean, Kareem. I'm, I'm hey, running with Kareem. Yeah, Kareem. Kareem. And, and it makes it, it makes sense. You, you know. Yeah. I, 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 got, I got it, Michael. I got it, Michael, LeBron, and Kareem. I, I do. That's how I have it. Yeah. And and that sky hook, and, no I mean, one could stop. This <laughs> man, this man skunk Dr. J in a, in a game of one one, forty two to twenty four. Granted, Dr. J did dunk on him, but then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. Absolutely. Yeah. And what did he do? He developed the sky hook. Yeah. Yeah. They told him no dunking. Right. That's what I heard. I mean, I, that's, what I, that's, what I, that's true. And then before Kareem, we gotta go to Kareem's biggest hater. Still? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these guys really these guys aren't really Mr. Twenty Thousand. Right. <laughs> man, this man's numbers is cartoonish and he him and him and Kareem, well he's a Yeah, Kareem. his numbers are cartoonish. Right. Right. I mean every number that, that's associated with Will is cartoonish. Right. And Kareem him and Kareem, they 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 did they made up after Kareem's career was done and all that, but I remember Kareem wrote a letter about Will. Just call him a hater. Just, just a hater. <laughs> It was just rivalry, you know, because you know, because Wilton, Wilton, Bill Russell got along together. Yeah, but Wil, but Wilton Kareem is 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 Bill in your top five still? What what? I, he's the most decorated NBA player of all time. Mm -hmm. 
But unfortunately, due to his lack of offensive production, no fault on his part because he had yeah. people like, yeah, Sam Jones run you yeah. to, to, to take all the shots. You had Hondo, John, John Havlicek to take Bob all the shots. Bob Cousy. Yeah, Bob, yeah, the Cousy. Yeah. I mean, his job was pretty much <clears throat> to run the floor, mm-hmm. rebound, yeah. and block shots. And he did that, and, and and him doing that well led to 11 rings in 13 years. So, and player coach. Here's my top five. Top five players in NBA history. All right. It's hard for me to. It's 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 hard for me because there's so many. It's so many guys that are up there, right? I can't. I cannot leave Shaq off my top five list. Mm. There was there was not. I can't remember a center since uh, Kareem or Wilt that was as dominant as Shaquille O'Neal. It, it, he just bullied everybody, and that was in an era where centers. We're good, mm-hmm. you know, when centers weren't shooters, mm-hmm. right? They played, they backed you up straight up under the basket. Watch this, <laughs> okay? I'm about to back you in. I'm about to take five dribbles. I'm about to make a move, and then I'm about to dunk on you. Shaq used to do five? it disrespectfully. Yeah. <laughs> so Shaq is five. Okay. I probably, I probably put Kobe like right there at six and seven, okay. right? Okay. Shaq is five. Magic is four. There was nobody who did it better at the point guard position than Magic Johnson. Irvin Magic Johnson. I'm sorry. He's four. Kareem is three. LeBron is two. Jordan is one. Okay. That's I, that's I my that. top five. I give you that. Right. that. So we gotta look at when we look at top players, <clears throat> you gotta look at we're not gonna see this again for another generation. That's hence you got to be a generational talent. And when we look at someone like Kareem, mm-hmm. We have yet to see another Kareem. Yeah. We haven't seen another Kareem. You won't see another Shaq <laughs> for a very long time. Embiid. Embiid's the best, probably the <clears throat> best big man now, although Jokic probably might have something to say about that. But Embiid, when you – Jokic, it might be Jokic because Jokic can pass better than Embiid. Th- that's the that's where they're both, he would get him. They're both skilled. Mm-hmm. Embiid needs to stay on the court a lot more. It's not his fault, you know. But yeah, he, injuries. He, yeah, yeah he, he gets injured yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. I think a lot of um, a lot of his success has been derailed just by unfortunate events. Um, you know, I think AD can is a possibly good shooter. But when you look at when we, just when we look at just generation talents, you know, um, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, the LeBron James, we, we, he's he is Magic 2.0. Kobe was Jordan 2.0. So players like you, you're not when 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 LeBron leaves, you won't see another. I thought that Ben Simmons may have been the next LeBron, but he needs to get a, he needs to get a jump shot. <laughs> and yeah. Shoot a free throw. Yeah. yeah. Shoot a free throw. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, it's a, it's a. I don't know if you can teach that. I take him. Right. All right, we're going to wrap this up now. I'm John Morgo. Thank you so much for joining us here in our exclusive conversation with uh, auth- with author Hakeem Amani Sadiq, author of this excellent book, Kobe Bryant, The Makings of a Basketball Genius. Put it up here. And, Hakeem, you're going to have a uh, book signing. We, ha- we, we got a notice here. We're going to have a book signing. It's going to be Saturday, September 11th, a week from this uh, – two Saturdays from now at the FSR Hair Studio, 7301 Stonecrest, Suite 103, Lithonia, Georgia. So uh, so, are you going to have any anything else uh, to promote? 
just that book right there. Just that book. I mean, no, 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 no. I, I meant, I meant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I phrased that wrong. Are you going to have any other events to promote? Oh no, this is it for now. For the okay, for well, the and you're and you're having a and you're setting up a website, so I'm it's sure good. you're going to get. Well, as soon as you get that, well, let us know. We'll be sure to. Uh, We'll be sure to publicize that okay. so you can get a lot of people to uh, read it. Again, it's an excellent, excellent book into the into the life of uh, Kobe Bryant and his impact on the game today and, more importantly, what made him the type of player that he was. And, again, he's gone way too soon as we approach the year-and-a-half uh, anniversary of his untimely passing back in last January uh, in the hills around Calabasas, California. Well, again, that's going to wrap us up. I'm John Morgo. I want to thank uh, Leon Brown, Daniel Bolton, of course, Hakeem Sadiq for joining us here in the last week. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Last three guys do a podcast. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, College football will be in the midst of week zero. Uh, so we got some games to talk about, and of course, exactly, Uh-oh. exactly, exactly, because we'll be we'll be counting down to Reinhardt's season opener that Thursday night against Kennesaw State. Hopefully, we can get James Miller on the horn and discuss what's going on with the Eagles. In that, uh, we were talking about Reinhardt football three months ago. Now we're talking about it again, so it should be a good season. I want to thank all of you for paying attention to us again thir- Tuesday night. This episode will drop on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and wherever you get your hated podcasts. It's where it's it'll be in both spots. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you in a week. I'm John Morgo for the guys here. This has been the last three guys do a podcast. <laughs>